Last fight, I was tired. I was exhausted. I'm about to launch this NFT that's going to change the fight game. And I put in 30 all-nighters before that fight, at herpes before that fight, two outbreaks in the span of a week. I'm here. I'm healthy. Let's go. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Welcome to the Too Much Dip podcast. It's the Dave and KJ show. I'm Dave. Hi, KJ. Is that guy explaining what it's like to come back and take midterms after spring break, but like, you know, trying to hype yourself up ahead of finals? I got to say, something else I just noticed, 30 all-nighters before the fight? That's uh, (laughs) a... Wait, what... What's what your entails an all nighter in, in MMA? Yeah, I thought sleep was like uh, the number one element of all training camps. He he fight. won the fight, so I guess it's you know proof is in the pudding or the putting. Um, <laughs> but the uh, yeah the two not one but two herpes outbreaks all within the same week. I feel like that's just the same outbreak, right? Yeah, you can't. You that's not how that think- works. Unless he's talking about two different locations of outbreaks. Upstairs, downstairs. Correct. And my assumption is, you know, I'm not Dr. Fauci or anything, but I would imagine the reason he brings this up as relevant to his training is that having a herpes outbreak is probably cause for, I don't know, no longer training face-to-butt combat grappling for a temporary period. Well, you know, staff is a real problem in the uh, MMA world. Jiu-jitsu rolling on mats and, th- and you know, maybe you uh, maybe he was doing some of that old Spartan training and just hanging with the boys' dongs out, not ejaculating in parentheses. Um, so I don't know. You never know. This is, of course, MMA fighter Joel Bauman, Bauman who I have to be honest. They asked me on Circling Back today, Did are you aware of this guy? I was not. Um, I don't know how, but I will never forget him now as he is the man who overcame two outbreaks and has an NFT that's going to change the game. What possibly could be an FTB that actually will matter (laughs) at this point? Because he not only said change the game, he said change the fight game. And if it's not how to monitor communicable diseases, like on like a shiny 3D card that people can just, you know, keep, I don't know what would change the fight game. Yeah, I feel like there's very few things that can change the fight game. And um, non-fungible tokens are certainly not one of those things that I'm thinking of. I'd love to see it, Maybe it has to do with, like, eliminating belts, the need for belts. Like, you fucking win a fight, they're just going to slide into your Coinbase wallet with a digital gif of a belt. You know me, I'm just a bored ape guy. That's my thing, man. That's the future. I really hope to see the day that uh, we're all just wrong about this. Uh, and as a man who lives in a, an, an apartment, I guess I can't say house yet. Uh, as a man who lives in an apartment with a woman that's rearing his children, who is very into what is known as web three. Uh, and on more than one occasion has talked about awaiting a mint of a new drop for an NFT. Like I certainly hope that I'm wrong because maybe that means I'll be very rich. 
But if I'm right, maybe it means I won't be very rich at all. And I'll have to find out like what percentage of my kids like college funds have been pilfered for fucking NFTs behind my back. Well, it's all about not missing out. You got to, you got to get your, uh, dip your toe in just so you can say you did it. Right. Cause then if it does work, then look at that. I'm a part of this. Even if it's at a small scale, if it, you know, doesn't work, whatever. We'll do a little NFT nummy. How about that? Hey, um, <laughs> speaking of combat sports, did you see, did you see this foot to the face? Is the foot to the face the bicycle kick of MMA? I mean, it is it's a very kick. very tight of me to ask, but like in my head, I feel like that's how those two work out. Uh, and in fact, up until now, I had not seen Michael Chandler's foot to the absolute jaw of oh. Tony Ferguson. Holy shit, man. It's, it's one of the more brutal knockouts you'll see. And... Tony Ferguson's career arc is kind of, it's very sad because, so he's the guy who's receiving the foot to the chin, right? Um, Tony was supposed to fight Khabib a couple times. Uh, One time Khabib got sick, I think cutting and like almost died. And then I think the next time Mm -hmm. I could be missing this, Tony Ferguson after a press conference tripped over the cords like the the power cords and blew his knee completely out and was out of the game for like a year and a half or something. Came back and anyway, he's I don't he doesn't want to fight in a while. And he was a dude who was really fun to watch. Um, really odd style. But Michael Chandler, of course, uh former Mizzou Tiger, uh that dude, that dude's stock is just skyrocketing because that is the sickest knockout I've ever seen. And I almost feel, ba- I feel bad that now the only thing people are going to remember Tony Ferguson for is the still shot of his face being rearranged by a foot. Have you seen the still shot? Uh, yeah, I saw the still shot first and, and UFC or ESPN UFC did him dirty with the, uh, the two shot gallery where the first still shot was the foot in his face, like warped in slow-mo speed, and the second shot was uh, Michael Chandler's, like, upper body and the rest of the leg. So you slide over. It's kind of done panoramic in two photos. And I was like, whoever social post on that, kudos to you for having the the knowledge to go ahead and do that as a double shot. But uh, I, I don't think I'll remember his career as such because I certainly have heard his name prior to this. And you think about what are the other brutal knockouts for people of note, like Manny Pacquiao. You know, I equate him to more things than all of the memes that followed that one knockout and that one knockout. I, I thought he was dead when that happened. I was watching that live. I w- Dude, he didn't move. Um, Juan, Mar- Juan uh, Manuel Marquez. Oh, oh, uh, from Hamilton. Yeah, that's him. He's the one who levied that knockout. Um, no, and then, of course, there's the, um, what's his name? Ben Askren getting uh, the Jorge Masvidal, Cuban Jesus, uh, immediate knee to the face. That's the one I was actually looking for. I don't know why I went searching for a Uriah Faber. I feel like Uriah Faber, of course, does not have many knockouts to his his day. But he had some fluke ass off the cage, like really, really young, kick to the head uh, finish at some point, right? He was always – he's always the first guy, or I think he was the first MMA fighter I recognized – 
and I could never forget him because he was uh, a little white Cali kid with dread with the uh, with cornrows who would cornrow his hair, which is fairly common in fighting if you have long hair. But he was I feel like he's the first guy to popularize that look. And and that's I think why I went Mas was mixing him up with Masvidal that same cornrow mid fight look, which again is quite popular. But yeah, uh, I hope uh, I hope for the best for Tony Ferguson. It certainly wasn't the worst uh, outcome of a fight. <laughs> it wasn't an outbreak, uh, and it didn't get anyone ejected. But uh, I missed the Canelo fight. Uh, was that last week or the week before? Oh, that was Saturday night. Oh, oh so, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so. So Canelo goes up in weight, fights uh, Russian Dmitry Bivol, uh, a legacy fight, if you will. You know, Camelo, Carmel, excuse me, Canelo, uh, going up in weight, doing something a lot of fighters wouldn't do, and he lost. He just got beat. He got beat. He got outboxed. He got outclassed, which you don't ever really see him doing. Did you Wait, not know this? Got, I'm. This is blowing my fucking. <laughs> I walked into today feeling like you know what. I watched a fair amount of sports. I sports my little dick off and I thought I'd have to be carrying the team here because I wasn't in Cabo with the boys just on the banana boat. And now you're hitting me with that Canelo lost. And I had no idea. You know what? I don't know what that says about the state of boxing that you, who I, I consider to be somewhat online, not maybe as online as I am, but you are very, you are online more than most. I, I can't believe that. You know what it is? It's because the UFC, that, that card was crazy. You had Charles Oliveira getting a, a sick finish on Justin Gagey, and UFC was dominating the timeline. Canelo didn't get knocked out or anything. There wasn't like a, you know, one moment in the fight that everybody was fixating on. He just got beat. I must have been too many clicks deep, like figuring out just how similar some people on my Instagram story feed and their moms look. And if it was a good thing or if it was just for show on their Mother's Day stories, that's probably where my attention was early Sunday morning. Um, I used to call that scouting day in my younger years. Now it's just like, okay, cool. Good to see. Good to see. Family tree looks good. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's on me. Holy did, shit. Did Luca do a post? And I guess I watched Luca, um, although that was, some, that was Sunday afternoon and Friday night. So I missed it all together. Luca didn't. Do a mom's day post yet, if I if I'm correct, but I could have very well uh, missed that as well. I saw some stragglers on my TL trying to get one in today. Like, no, nah, dude, you already took that L, man. It's too late. I'm uh, I'm about to do like the ultimate social media social media catch up move of all time. Like, I have failed to like fully post and tell the world that I have like a daughter who's nearly a month old. Uh, I don't know that daughter has a mother who uh, also went without a post yesterday. Your boy is just slacking all around on his posts. Well, allow me they're doing just trying to bait a lot of political takes in my DMs. Allow me to be the first to congratulate you on your daughter and your, your <laughs> lovely wife on her Mother's Day experience. Well, she'll appreciate it. Uh, find her on Web3, uh, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, interesting note on Canelo. He went vegan before this fight. So, I don't think I could do it, man. Even if you said you still get to, get to eat barbecue, obviously breaks all the rules. But outside of that, like, I don't, it's not for me, man. It's, it's, and I don't even mean that from like a, oh no, I'm alpha male. I need to eat outside and be primal AF. 
Uh, or as I saw this weekend at, at Shields, I need to be a woke AF black. <laughs> I, I, I need to post that. That's the one thing I should have posted a long time ago. Uh, a pre-workout, I should, I should clarify there. Did but, you try it? No, fuck no. You promised us you'd try it. I absolutely will not. Is there? Away. They can send me some and prove me wrong. Is their next uh, the, line going to be called problematic? <laughs> it might have been on the list. It might have been on the list. All right, back to the vegan thing. I couldn't do it. A little bit surprised to see Canelo do it. Like, I feel like that's something you, you see boxers like get into this kind of shit at like late 30s. I, I don't know. This is a TB12 move. I'm not, I'm not for it. No, not in the prime of his career, and it's not like he was coming off of a loss or anything. His only loss up until this point was to Floyd Mayweather when he was like 22 years old. Uh, and then arguably the Triple G fight, which was a, a draw, the first one. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting move. He also, um, people forget, had the got popped for PEDs and blended on Mexican beef. So okay. hormones that were being Maybe allegedly that. pumped into the, the cattle and then said, oh, well, that's what made me pop. Which, you know, people were like, okay, is that... I feel like a lot more people would be uh, showing up positive on these tests if that was the case, but. Pop and posse, if you will. Uh, I had some Mexican beef we over the weekend. <laughs> can we do an apology tour for the city of Dallas? Oh, God. Like starting with that day on November and then just work our way all the way to Mother's Day. Which day are you talking about specifically? As a great man once said, the day that John F. Kennedy. Okay. I won't. Uh, what the hell happened? Did you, I don't know, were you watching this live or do you have to catch up later? We're talking Chris Paul's mom? Correct. Or grandmother. So here's he how I, cons I consumed Dallas sports in the last five days via my phone and via the GameCast app. So. Okay. I'm following it uh, mainly on Twitter yesterday as the Mavs, they tipped off uh, during the day, right as our, our, you know, we were sitting down to eat at the STK in the Cabo airport. We're looking for a TV with the Mavs. Didn't happen. That's fine. Not a big deal. It's falling on my phone. We're getting on the, we're on the plane. Planes, you know, I'm still getting the service. And then when the Mavs go up 14, that's when we take off and I lose service. And I could not get connected to the Wi-Fi. So I didn't know. I assumed we won that game, but I went about 30 minutes thinking like how miserable I was going to be for the entire week. If I, we landed and I checked Twitter and we had blown a 14 point lead with five minutes to go. But you definitely got to think that having the lead in a two, one series and blowing it and ended up three, one might be the most devastating swing of events you could face in sports. I wouldn't probably even more so than the, giving up game six after being up three, one or three, two um, type feeling. We're like, Oh shit. Now it's a one game series. Like, I don't think that explains like the devastation of feeling like, okay, great. We're about to tie it up. And then we don't. And that's all I could imagine was going to happen going into that game until it finished um, watching it live. It was back to back weird games for Chris Paul because Chris Paul hate him or love him. The underdogs on top. He's not the underdog. Uh, 
I just forgot all the words of the game song. So that's all you're getting anyway. But whether or not you like Chris Paul, it, it's got to be respected that he's not a turnover machine. He's savvy when it comes to baiting fouls, annoyingly good at it. You know, I would put him in the Harden, Luca camp, Trey Young camp of being able to get fouls when they're very ticky tacky. And what was it? Thursday's game, he had six or seven turnovers and like eight points in the first half. Made no sense. That was not a Chris Paul game. Not saying he's, you know, all world score, but he's not going to hurt a team like he did in the first half on Thursday. So roll around Sunday afternoon and here you go again. Chris Paul is not scoring. And he's been hit with like three fouls going into the second quarter, picks up a fourth in the, in the second quarter. Maybe he walked into went to halftime with five fouls. No, he went in with, his, I think he got his fourth at like with on Luca, right? Like at the very end of the uh, half. Oh, that's, that's true. That's true. And it was one that did not need to be done. No it was a hustle play. With the clock was expiring, like nobody was going to score any more points. He went too aggressively for a rebound and fouled Luca, or basically tried to affect Luca's shots. Shot and and uh, I think went for the rebound. I don't know, but either way, picked up a foul right for half and fouls out. So you know, fans are already chirping him. Dallas fans being very notable on a typical basis of being like. Passionate, but not all in fans that are at every single game whatsoever. Sure. Uh, these aren't diehard Spike Lee sideline fans like Spike Lee an exception because he's, you know, rich and celebrity, but they aren't there every single night. They are, they're willing to pay a premium to go to the games they want. So when you have fans like we do in Dallas that show up and not only chirp, but are talking as much shit as they probably were. And then they cross the line to allegedly put hands on Chris Paul's mom and or grandmother and get tossed on the broadcast, they don't, they don't know what's happening. But you see Chris Paul foul out, go look at the tablets to see if it was a foul or not. They comment on that on air. The next time they shoot the sideline, it looks like after a commercial break, Chris Paul's with two of the uh, arena security people and one other a police officer of some sort. And immediately you're like, it's Chris Paul, like fucking about to fight a ref. Did we miss like Chris Paul losing his shit? Cause he looked very unaffected to file out. And then you see this short clip and then social media takes over. Yeah. And my biggest takeaway is Chris Paul tried to fight a, a 15 year old kid. And I think that's the real story here and not that people in Dallas are bad fans. They're not like entitled kids with their hot moms sitting right behind the bench. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the view. I mean, I, I would say this is uh, probably appropriate for uh, a content creator from Dallas and a passionate Mavericks fan to have this perspective. Um. <laughs> no, I, there's not, there's no video of like what happened. There's only like the kid getting kicked out. And I think most people were surprised to see that it was like a, a teenager because you expect yes. when you when you hear an unruly fan, I mean, you just think of an old drunk guy, right? I mean, correct. Somebody we all can rally around and hate, or or, or Matt Stafford's wife, or Stafford's wife, or uh, button down Mitt Romney with the jersey over the top in Utah, or anybody <laughs> that looked like that. Like that's the other fan that everyone's ready to hate. Uh, 
So yeah, you, when, when we get TikTok e-boy haircut, getting kicked out and there's not content to follow, like if this was a hype house clip and we get footage of this later on, like once, if the Mavs win this series and we get footage of, I'm about to get kicked out the game. Watch me fuck with Chris Paul's mom. Some bullshit like that. I'll subscribe. I might like it at that point, but in the moment I was very disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I, in my head. So when I saw that, that tweet come out, I think we were just landing. We, we were waiting for the plane to deboard. And I remember being like, Oh man, this is just going to be extra gas. Like for, for Phoenix, they're going to, mm-hmm. I mean, as if they weren't going to already come out at home and game five, like guns blazing. I was like, Oh man, this, this might've turned the series. This is all anybody's gonna be talking about. And, and, whatever it's fine no one's really even talking about it today um, unless some more video drops like it's it's a done deal but um chris paul not a fan love love him as a player but i would never talk i would never talk talk that booty chatter to his mommy on mother's day i guess the thing that i also have to add here is it's, I, I don't know how frequent you have mothers or family that close to the bench, like right behind the bench. Cause the person that, that got kicked out was maybe a row between him and the bench. So you're blaming his mom. So I'm surprised that you have like parents sitting right behind the bench like that. Not even in little league. Are you sitting that close yeah. to the player mid game? You gotta so be that out. Was a little bit. Odd. Agree. Was she also wearing the like, House divided, Cliff Paul, Chris Paul, like jersey stitched together to announce the world that this is Chris Paul's mother, mm. or something signifying like I am the player's mother. Not that that prevents anything happening, or like okay's anything happening, mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things that the headlines are going to say, oh, X Y Z put hands on Chris Paul's grandmother who was you know dying of childhood leukemia at the time and on a pacemaker court side like in the kid clearly doesn't know any of these things yeah not physically like emotionally she was really stricken by the commercials she sees on youtube uh not to be not to be forgotten was a phoenix sun fan who was sitting right there wearing the suns in four custom jersey uh the name said (laughs) suns in and number four which of course you know was an impossibility uh, at that point, mm-hmm. as the Mavs had won Game Three, so that was not possible. But I respect his commitment to the bit. Probably <laughs> spent you know three hundred dollars on that custom jersey, <laughs> and he's going to get some use out of it. That reminds me, there's a story that we we haven't talked about, but he might have spent three hundred, or he could have spent twenty dollars and uh, visited the street that Jerry Jones got in an accident off of. But we'll we'll cover that after uh, a bit. Are we doing Harry Hines talk? <laughs> We'll do Harry Hines after, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give some space for Harry Hines, I guess. How much, how much, uh, Grizzlies warriors have you consumed? Not as much as I'd like, to be honest. Uh, the Mavs starting at nine o'clock is pretty much exclusively told me like, Hey, I don't have the stamina to watch a nine to midnight basketball game on top of an hour to two hours before that. Not to mention that whatever other game is being played is prime time, like kids bath time and bedtime time. Uh, so I've watched highlights. I've, you know, gone back and reviewed stats and all the games. I'm watching the film, if you will, but live, I haven't watched much. This Jordan 
Jordan Poole incident is uh, quite unfortunate. And in slow-mo, there is very, very, very few like, oh, here's what happened. Or like, oh, I see how he got there type situations. Is that it a w- looks bad. Is that a way to injure someone's knee? I mean, obviously it I'm, is, but what, I don't understand. I've never seen anybody do that in an NBA game where it's just instead of like diving into their knee um, or something or tripping them, they just grab the knee. And grab the body like opposite of it, and it looked like pushing off the side, off his, sorry, off his rib cage and pulling his shin the opposite way or whatever. It, it the way his body was, was placed, like it looked intentional. I'm sure it was, he was losing balance and was just trying to reach out and grasp, but it looks terrible. Slow and slow-mo. Did he break the code? I'm whatever the code is. Uh, I did see Steve Kerr bitching about Jordan Poole breaking the code or not Jordan Poole. Uh, what's the name? Uh, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, not, not Jordan Poole. I don't know. I keep saying that. Uh, Dylan Brooks breaking the code. Wait, who am I? Who's who's who injured John Morant? Oh no. Um. Uh, okay, I thought you were talking because you said Steve Kerr. Dylan Brooks in game two had the immediate like ten seconds into the game, like a, a flagrant two got kicked out. Um, with a or headshot. Who did he foul though? I can't remember. Uh, that, oh, Gary, Gary Payton's kid, Gary Payton Jr. Gary Payton. Okay. Yes, there it is. Okay. So Gary Payton Jr. Who's out for two weeks or two months, like a shoulder dislocation injury or something like that. So yeah, I saw Steve Kerr bitching about that incident, rightfully so. But again, that's one of those where had Gary Payton Jr. Not been injured. It wouldn't have been a breaking of the code. John Morant's injured. We don't know how significantly we don't know the name of the Grizzlies coach as well as we know Steve Kerr. So, you know, it, it, it all gets lost in the wash. At the end of the day, we're all going to lose out if John Morant misses more than one or two games. Yeah, this one's done. I hate to say it, but, um, and I, I didn't think, I didn't think the Grizzlies had much of a chance uh, anyway, but um, no, I did. I just was laughing. I was hoping you could give me some insight as a former collegiate athlete, like what exactly the code is, how I can avoid breaking it in the future. You know, uh, I, I would say in our meetings at our chapter, uh, we, the first thing we talk about the code is the code really stays within the walls of, uh, of the team in the locker room. Okay. It stays in, the, in Mike Leach's shed? Correct. Correct. Just like handshakes. It's all, it's all the same. Fantastic. Um, I, forgot, I forgot all about the Gary Payton injury, but yeah, that's a, this is where baseball fucks itself. I, not to get off another tangent about this, but like, this back-to-back like injury counter injury situation like in baseball all they would be doing is looking for another incident to tie it to this and saying like oh now you're able to throw at their head now you're gonna throw that guy out like it just would turn into this whole series long bullshit you know ticky tack thing because these two injuries on either side of a uh, ball yeah baseball and we'll get to that baseball just sounds there's so much whinier about stuff in baseball and it's just, it's so sanctimonious. But you know what's not? The movement. Something I've joined. Our good friends at Movement Watches. Let me tell you a little story. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules. 
with fair prices, unexpected colors, and clean original designs, Movement, that's MVMT, grew into one of the fastest growing watch brands shipping to over 160 countries across the globe. Now, Movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from screams, minimalist jewelry, and more style essentials that don't break the bank, all designed out of their California headquarters. I don't know if you know this, KJ, but I'm a chain guy now. That chain is oh, part of the movement. I love it. I didn't realize the chain was part of the movement, but I don't know if you know if you knew this. Your boy is a Revler Ice Scroll, blue light blocking glasses guy. I've become a big That's fan a of the blue light glasses as well. Uh, Alyssa doesn't really care for me uh, wearing them at all times, but. When I sit down at a computer, I have to wear them because I've, I've stared at a screen. I've been staring at a screen for so long that it just burns. It just burns the back of my head. And I put those on. It's fantastic. It's great to wear at night. Um, I think I look hot in glasses. That's basically the thing. She, Alyssa tries to keep me grounded. She doesn't want me looking too hot. So it's one of those things. But big fan. My favorite watch is the Raptor. It's murdered out. Check it out. Have you seen that one? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm having some serious FOMO. Your boy might have to uh, drop it in the cart here in a minute. Unbeatable price point, KJ. They have the look and quality of a $400 to $500 watch. You're paying for it like a department store. But the cost is just a fraction of the price because they were built online and own their process from start to finish, cradle to grave. You get a beautiful watch shipped right to your door for, uh, for free. And even if you don't love it, you can ship it right back for free. The blue light glasses, like we said, awesome. Check them out. If you want to elevate your look with style that does not break the bank, then join the movement and get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmt.com slash bang. Again, that's mvmt.com slash bang. Join me, become a chain guy or gal. Get you a Raptor. Let's run. Chain gals, stand up. How do you feel about your Jags moving to Dallas? I'm going to take this as a two-part question. And one, hope it never happens. Uh, and two, when does the city of Dallas elect a new mayor? <laughs> Are you not uh, Eric, Eric Johnson, right? Eric Johnson is the mayor of Dallas. And he is well known to be big, like, wage bets with other city mayors guy. I love those. Even more even more than that, uh, I'm fairly sure he's an SMU alum, I think. I don't think he actually went there. I think he just rides it because it's Dallas. What? You mean that the mayor of Dallas, who every opportunity that he can, uh, gets online? Actually, Harvard, so shouts to him and Penn and Princeton. Terrible schools all around. <laughs> Nerd uh, alert. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> You mean the guy who literally tweets more about SMU football than I do tenfold has nothing to do with SMU other than it's Dallas's team that is in Highland Park, Texas. That's kind of my person. thought with this. That's why I like SMU. Now, you don't see me tweeting about them, but I, I do pull for SMU because of that. I, I, I don't mind it so much. Sadly enough, there have been times where I'll see retweets of his tweets because I don't follow him. And I'll learn something about SMU football before I learn it from the actual team socials or whatever outlets I follow. But 
his tweet last week is why we even bring this guy up. Uh, do you want to read this? In yes. Sorry. The stage here. So NFL and CBS tweeted, if the NFL announced a new expansion team, what city do you think most deserves it? He responds with a quote tweet. It says, football is king here. Dallas needs an expansion team, and we would be able to sustain two NFL teams better than L.A. or New York. Um, would you have any issue with your mayor, who is the mayor of a city that does not have a professional football team in its county, much less its city limits, as the Dallas quote-unquote Cowboys play in Arlington, which is Tarrant County? Um, and within its city limits and its county, Dallas has not only one team, but two teams in their playoffs right now, neither of those sports being football. And he feels the need to say football is king here. That's a great point. Um, um, look, I, the, my biggest issue with the Cowboys is if I want to go see them, I have to go to Arlington. No offense. I mean, nothing, nothing personal by that, but the idea, the idea that we would be running two teams. So, so not even, let's, let's not even consider the fact that the Jones family would never let that happen. They, they will, it'll be a cold day in hell if that happens. Maybe you'll see a team down here in central Texas or something. Um, I think that's more realistic to happen than Dallas getting two teams. I was actually kind of thinking like, would I ever, is there ever a scenario where I just fully jump ship? Um, I would, I talk a big game, but I don't think I would ever be like, you know what? I'm going to ride with this team, but I don't think, I think I would secretly pull for them, but I would not be like a, a t-shirt fan. As somebody who has ref, not refused, but just chose not to be a Cowboys fan, even though I've basically grown up and lived here my entire life. I don't know that even if there was a second team in town that I could hop on board with them. I think when the Texans were coming back, I was like prime sports fandom age going into high school, maybe going into junior high. I don't remember uh, the dates exactly would have been a great time for me to be like, you know what? This is my, here's where my fandom is. Unfortunately for them, they like released a poll to the public and asked for like names of teams and they landed on the Texans, which I thought was the lamest of all the options. They went from having the best and potentially the best uniforms to, I mean, the Texans is bottom five. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's bad all around. Um, so that that lost me. I don't think a third team in Texas, short of it being in Austin, um, which I, I still don't know that that would draw me back. I, I just don't see it happening. And that's me who is essentially a football restricted free agent, if you will. You know, I'm I'm on like a seven year deal with the Jags. Uh, we are walk, coming up on contract negotiations as I'm entering into uh, what is the tenure of my third head coach in in a short like seven years. I mean, you I stuck through Urban Meyer. Like you gotta you gotta see this thing out. I could have slept through that entire tenure. You know, <laughs> it was a like the fact that he's attached to the Jaguars and was the head coach for all of seven months is is the most shameful part about it. But needless to say, anyways, let's back up here. Cities that could host and have two teams, you've got what? L.A. and New York both have two. To what degree fandoms like pledge their allegiance on both sides of the fence? Who knows? You know, Chargers struggle a little bit in L.A. I don't think anybody wants a second Chicago team for football. They do it well in baseball, but I don't think that's coming. 
I, just, I don't see any like appetite for that in Dallas as much as we like football in Texas. And that is absolutely true. Same in Dallas. I think it would be looked at just like USFL is where it's like, I know you invited me to that party. I know I said yes, but I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe is a bit, I could see this being a bit of mine. Um, if this ever happened, I'm now kind of just, I'm imagining which, which cities are more deserving, like, and which ones would I actually work in? Um, I don't think it works in Austin. Um, I don't think the, the, there's not the fandom here. I don't think the university would let it happen. I think that's kind of a pride point that they are the show in town, right? Um, maybe it's a bad show. Maybe it's been bad for a long time, Adam. It's a bad show. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's going to get better, though. With an ounce of madness. I think uh, uh, I was thinking Oklahoma City, mate, and then, I don't know, too close to Dallas, again, regionally speaking, wouldn't, wouldn't happen. I don't know that there's a, a like, Carolina flirted with the idea of moving out of Charlotte. That's never going to happen because Charlotte's an excellent sports market, even though they couldn't get a new stadium for the new owner, but that's not happening. Buffalo flirted with this idea as well. Like Toronto would excite me. Um, I would probably be on board with like a, a team back in St. Louis. Uh, and I would probably be on board with, I don't know, a team in, I'm just trying to think of like states and areas that don't have a second team. Like Birmingham probably could get away with it or maybe something like, the something around the Gulf port, like Biloxi or some shit. Um, someplace nobody actually wants to go, but there's fans that would support. And I don't think Biloxi would happen. You've got the saints too close. If it were Texas, I might listen to an El Paso pitch. I don't hate that. You got a million people out there. I mean, I feel like that would be an immediate win. But again, the fact that all of our lives, like you would hear about teams wanting to do their training camps in Texas, teams wanting to relocate around the region, and Jerry Jones have shot it out of the sky before it even becomes like a rumor. Like you heard about like the Cardinals, I believe we're talking a little bit before they moved from what? Where were they before Phoenix? Uh, like Prescott, Arizona? They were somewhere and they moved back to Phoenix. Like Anytime they were talking about moving, the Cowboys were very involved because that's their only other Southwest competition, you know, and for the Hispanic fan base, like they fought very hard for that. Texans have kind of uh, ate into that a little bit as have the Raiders, but I don't see anywhere else in the Southwest being a fit. Um, but I could be in on like a, a um, El Paso. Would you be surprised to learn that Dallas is about to pass Chicago and become the number three metro in the United States, making Dallas the largest United States metro without two football teams. Yeah, uh, I, I guess I get it. Uh, Midwestern cities, for the most part, have been shrinking in population over the years. I just don't see that Dallas, like, again, you and I both know the population of DFW has nothing to do with the strength of any of the club's fandoms. If it wasn't for the heritage of the Cowboys, like we would have a very embarrassing situation going on with like attendance at 90% of the games, uh, not for the Cowboys, but like when you think of Rangers fans, stars for like just average games during the season, Mavericks for non-playoff years, like 
we have teams that can be forgotten in a heartbeat uh, if they're not. Don't them. speak on the MFFLs that way. Okay. And non like early Luca years, like you think not the last two years of Dirk, the two or three years preceding that it was rough times. The Dennis Smith junior days <laughs> or yes. like, or the like uh, Anderson zombie, zombie Dirk rolling out there with Chandler Parsons. Exactly. So I don't think we have the diehard fan base for our, our teams from an attendance standpoint to really justify like, Hey, roll out another team and we'll make it work. It's interesting. It happened. It'll end up being like in McKinney if that ever happens. Yeah. I was thinking like people were speculating Frisco. Of course, that's where the Cowboys have their practice facility. And that's like the, that's a very hot spot right now. I mean, if the fact that Jerry put that up there, aside from, you know, he owned half the land and bought it seven to 10 years in advance with that plan in place. Like, I wonder if he had a sense that they were beginning to be sniffed around for a second team and began to stake his claim up there for that purpose. Snuffed that out real early on. So wouldn't put it past him. Okay. Do you want to party? Fuck it. Let's party. This is the segment where we party. We're trying to fill the void that Internet Party left. Never forget. You didn't realize Internet Party departed, I don't know, roughly six months ago. I learned about this about 30 days ago. I'm still I reeling from that. Don't think they did like a final episode necessarily. Well, as is, I would say, as is, you know, uh, standard in podcast history. Technically, I haven't signed off like my other two podcasts either, but. Uh, you know what? I don't think we did a final. Yeah, we definitely did do a final uh, touching base. Yeah, that didn't happen. Kind of we were afforded the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> the only uh, the only ones that have finales are end up being shitty finales. I don't know. Look at Serial. Um, shout out to the family of Adrian Payne. Just leading with that, huh? Unreal. This this is a name that I remember from the from the Big Ten a while back. Uh, I mean, it was like a decade ago. But he has got a look that you don't forget. The Spartan great. He, uh, former teammate of uh, Duncanville's finest? Uh, no. No, no, no. He was I don't before. His name. I, don't think, I don't know if they overlapped or not. Uh, Maddie, what was his name? Was it Maddie McQuaid? No. McQuaid. I wouldn't say McGloin. I knew that was wrong. Matt McGloin. Um, <laughs> Matt McGloin, is he perennial backup NFL quarterback? <laughs> That, that probably is what I should have put on the uh, quote tweet that was going around yesterday about guys will just name random athletes instead of going to therapy. Yeah. yeah uh, former first round pick. Miami Heat or Hawks? I don't know. I think the Atlanta Hawks drafted him first round. Bummer. Uh, sad story. Uh, you know, 31 years old, far too young, uh, far too early in a uh, life for that to be cut short. Um, not to be like too, too dramatic here, but to offset some of my jest when I talk about um, our sports party deaths, I think about like the fact that, I don't know, I wouldn't have been a father at that age yet. Uh, and just how much more life you have to live at 31. So uh, shout out to his family. Indeed. Hate to see it. Um, one story I didn't mention, I touched on earlier. Jerry Jones, owner of the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> was in a car accident last week. It wasn't oh, no. that notable news, like on a national level. Is he okay? I don't know ESPN news. Um, Let me guess. He was driving down like Walnut Hill or 
I don't know, somewhere in the park cities. Park Lane. Park uh, Lane. No, he was driving down a road that's known as like the insert street here when you want to talk about where to go find hookers in Dallas. Harry Hines Boulevard. <laughs> Not entirely accurate any longer. Because, you know, some of that seediness has moved just a block away. You're talking uh, sex workers. I'm talking unappreciated sex workers of all types, shapes, and sizes. You can find quite a bit around Harry Hines Boulevard in Dallas. There's your tourist fact for the week. Um, but Jerry Jones was uh, going straight. It looked like a car was in the center lane and tried to turn left across Jerry Jones Lane. And Jerry basically T-boned the shit out of the car going what seemed to be a reasonable speed. Uh, Harry Hines kind of dumps off into, uh, you know, no pun intended, into the area where like the Mavericks and the Stars Arena is, some of the nicer parts of Dallas and the Harwood. That's around where this was located. He's okay. Nothing nefarious uh, to talk about at this point regarding the story. But there were quite a few memes here in the Dallas area about Jerry Jones potentially soliciting and uh, getting toppy and and maybe uh, running into another car. Oh, we've all been there. Hey, question. I should know this detail as it's kind of very important to the story. Was he driving? He was driving, which I didn't think he drove. That is not something he didn't for a long time. And he had a person named Roosevelt who did drive almost full time, almost exclusively when they're not in town, but I guess locally he does drive occasionally. Uh, but Roosevelt was relieved of his services within the last one or two years for an illicit ticket sales operation. Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, so uh, I had not heard that. Jerry Jones needs, needs to find a new driver, you know, but hiring is hard. What level of, uh, what level of wealth? I'm sorry, KJ. I talked over you. So. I was just going to pivot to F1 Miami. Did you catch any of this yesterday? Yes, at the STK Steakhouse in the Cabo International Airport. I did. We were eating apps. My wife was eating a big salad. There were some other apps, some potato wedges uh, getting passed around. I was having a Pacifico. It was a good scene. And I got to do something I've never done. That's watch F1 with no commentators. And it's just, it's not, it's not the same. It's... It's vital to my enjoyment of the race because I just don't know what's going on. I need to know. Like, I need to know whose tires are are bad. Who who got who pitted early and you know uh, DRS or whatever. I had a similar experience where I just had it on in the background because you know my son liked to just make room room noises, but I wasn't trying to hear every detail. Wasn't watching that intently. Um, it just looks like a car commercial on loop sometimes it's, it's because they, they cut in and out of the car and you're seeing roughly the same things until, you know, there's an event where there's a wreck or someone goes off track the entire time. It's just like, okay, this is a nice car. And this is a nice car. It's a sizzle reel the whole time. Did you see the fake water? Yes. What? I didn't go ahead. Why do you need to do that? Like we're we're familiar with Miami. The wor- the world it's not only did they have fake water, they had boats on the fake water. And it didn't look it in no way looked real. 
I didn't look at it and see like they're nothing stood out to me. Like, Hey, they're trying to pull this off. You know, like I want them to go to, I don't know, this is going to be terribly inaccurate, but I'd like them to go to Dubai and like, I don't know, put up some fake pyramids. Granite pyramids are a lot further away from Dubai than like boats and water are in Miami and the hard rock stadium. But, you don't need to give me the vibe the whole course like through. You're going to get enough aerial shots that give me the vibe of Miami. Yeah, you're thinking of a different continent. <laughs> yeah, all together for sure. But, you know. I, I understand. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just seemed like we didn't we didn't need this. Um, but overall, I mean, the, the race looked like a good time. I like I like that there's another F1 race. Now we, we've got Austin, Vegas, Miami. If I had to pick one that I would be more likely to go to between Vegas and Miami, I'm going Vegas every time. Climate, I think climate's better. Um, Miami is a fun town I'd love to visit, I'm sure. I don't think I would fit in very well um, just because I'm 37 with a kid and I don't really get out much and I definitely don't do drugs. So, but I think I just described Vegas. So it doesn't, my reasoning does not apply, but I, Vegas seems more fun. I'm more comfortable with that town. I've only done Miami once as the plus one uh, for my wife's old company that used to go way over the top with uh, how they would spend money. And they flew out all of their employees and their plus ones to Miami to stay at the fountain blue and like rented out the pool for days. So it was about as nice of an experience as I could ask for, for like my Miami experience. Even then I would say I, I'm probably not going back because I wouldn't be able to like replicate that on my own dime. It was exceptional. Um, I would need my body mass index to be in a different place than it currently is for me to confidently recreate that event for sure. Um, I'll file it under jokes. I didn't tell or stories. I didn't tell um, for the news of uh, Whitney Houston passing away came down that fateful week that we were there. Um, and again, this is a story I didn't tell. I may or may not have requested to be photographed in the bathtub with my eyes closed as a recreation why why did you need to do that um i didn't tell the story so i don't know if it's true if it happened or not so who knows what's else happening on a sports party did you happen to watch any stars flames <laughs> i'm glad i opened the text like on the spot <laughs> had you not seen no, that I did not watch the stars flames because that that series is not going the way I hoped it would, although they pull up last game. Stars are up 2-1, sir. Oh, really? I guess I missed that. I thought they were going to be uh, down 2-1. I kind of like doing pods uh, with off-the-grid KJ. About to move, about to I, do like a life again, move. I felt like I was very dialed in. This is the only highlight of the game in the series that I've seen. Yeah, a lot of people talking about the young lady behind Rick Bonus and the Stars bench. Um, look, straight up cleavage. Straight up cleave, Adam. And that's the only way to describe it. Not None of my group texts, all right, one of my group texts might have found the OnlyFans. Um, okay. Might have sent some screenshot. I don't, you know, just I don't really look at that stuff. I turned off notifications. Love love when uh, when one of my group texts is finding out who this young lady is that's creating this ruckus behind the star's bench just from being uh, smoking hot. And I love when I'm on a plane and we land and I open up my texts and I open up one of the groups and then there's just photos of 
scantily mm. clad young lady. I was like, come on, clean it up. I'm on a plane I with mean, my wife. Online sex work is online sex work. So, you know, you're an adult. You were consenting. You click the link. Let that lady earn her money. I think the takeaway from this pod for people should be that Dallas is the horniest town. <laughs> it's just a super horny town. We got. In fact, Dallas is actually H Town. Sorry, Houston. Yeah, we're the new um, H Town. What the hell happened? Why? Why do we have the most? Um, I don't know. Tell me the Chris Woodward story, and then I want to think of the Fernando Tati story. Manager of the Rangers, Chris Woodward. Rangers lost in a walk off to the Yankees at Yankee Stadium uh, yesterday. First half of a doubleheader, I think. I could have that timeline wrong to be i wasn't following the rangers very closely in mexico you'll have to forgive me um in fact i wasn't following baseball very closely in mexico or at all here As it is. thank you and <laughs> chris woodward made a comment calling uh, yankee stadium a little league park saying that like the the walk-off home runs like that wouldn't have, that would have been an out and the majority of ballparks which i don't know if this is true but people like took the distance that was measured and the the stats and they're like, it would have been a home run in like most of them, like the vast majority. Anyway, it's just, I don't like this talk. I mean, this isn't as bad as some of his other unwritten rules, things that he's gotten mad at in the past. I, t I tend to like him, Chris Woodward. I think this is a, is this a second or third year as manager. Second full, well, we definitely did not have Banny Rooster during the shortened season. So this is his, might be the beginning of his third year. Okay. Well, calling it a little league ballpark. I, I'm actually now that I'm, the more I'm like talking this out, I kind of love it because yeah, it's the Yankees. It's fun to punch up. You know, they're the, the evil empire as they say, and we're the little Rangers. If the Yankees are good for nothing, then uh, they're good for being so big and so overwhelming with headlines, as are the Cowboys, that they can be connected to the same scandal that the, that the Astros were, and nobody really bats an eye. In There's fact, a double standard. Just moved on. You're always complaining about the East Coast bias. There's I I'm saying it's, uh, you know, maybe a little too much attention to the uh, New York baseball Yankees. So, okay, Woodward actually said that would not have, that would have been an out in 99% of ballparks. Uh, Aaron Boone, Yankees manager, noted his math is wrong. 99% is impossible. There's only 30 parks. Do you like that retort? <laughs> so he doesn't even have to do the calculations. Even if it was 29 out of 30, he knows it wouldn't be 99%. Yeah, he just hit him with that smart guy. Sheesh. I like it. I do too. I, I need more range or more managers allowed to just fight. Like players cannot fight, but managers can. That's that's my one request. Uh, we need more of that. I don't even want to get into the, the Madison Bumgarner objection. Um, <laughs> fair, then you, you walk us through it. You wanted to talk Madison Cawthorn. Another ejection uh, that oh. might be oncoming, but you know who knows. Speaking of drips, uh, instead of run it back, the segment I will present to you, uh, as I previewed earlier, jokes I didn't tell. No, brought to you by AJ Ellis. 
Uh, earlier today, David Ruff mentioned that staff is a problem when talking about uh, why it might be important to bring up that you have herpes during fight camp. Well, in fact, it is because during post-COVID, staffing shortages are a problem for businesses all across the country. As pro jobs, I want you to know that is something very important to me. Not even a joke, just a platform. Otherwise, tune in to my story I didn't tell earlier during sports party. That's all I've got. This has been Jokes I Didn't Tell by KJ Ellis. Man, I wish you had told that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I I don't even know what I do here, man. I don't even know what I do. I'm I'm embarrassed about nothing else than to not have known that the stars were up 2-1. That's the one glaring issue I have with my performance today. They've been outplaying Calgary the majority of the series. I need to listen to Hot Stove. Or cold, cold stove, stove, which is found on the Washington media network. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, dude, no. Like Brett and I were at dinner, and I was like, I showed him the score. And, you know, we were talking about it. They keep picking on Klingberg. You didn't know about that. Like, they're picking fights with him. He's like, le- he's leading the NHL playoffs in penalty minutes. John Klingberg. Which is uh, unlike, who was the former Marine or former star who always got in fights. Shaved head, missing a tooth, Corey. Steve Ott. Not Steve Ott, not the big dude. He's skinny, wiry, scrappy guy. But Aaron Downing. And now well, we're done here. Darian Hatcher. I'm naming actual guys who fought in, in the Stars jersey. This is all true. Aaron Downey's the one who knocked that dude clean out. Corey Perry is who I was talking Corey about. Corey Perry, sorry. I thought we were talking about Steve Ott. He's a known rabble rouser. No, Corey Perry, who's now a Tampa Bay Lightning uh, member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. But last year, he was with the Canadians uh, and getting in plenty of fights there. So what's your schedule the next couple weeks? The people will not hear my uh, wonderfully lack of bass on the airwaves next week as I will be uh, watching people pack all of the things in this uh, very spacious apartment uh, into boxes and into a truck. And then I will be heading north next Tuesday, arriving in Wisconsin by Wednesday, setting up both the studio and my office, uh, which is where I'll be established by end of week next week. From then on, people will, uh, will hear me from there, barring uh, my trips back to Texas, of which there will be many. Pack my stuff into boxes. This is my last podcast. Well, not last, you know what I mean, yeah, I hope right. not. That's a lot of people. I, I can't believe that you went to Cabo, partied your little D off, survived a Cabeza watch, came back, and you're performing at a higher level than I am. And all I had was a little interrupted sleep. By you know what it is? I'm a cold plunge guy. I hit the cold plunge yesterday for the second time on the trip. The spa just went in there and just plunged into the cold, got out, felt great. It's a great way to end a trip. I recommend it to anybody. If you don't have a cold plunge at mm-hmm. home, just get some ice. I've got a guy who's trying to pitch me on Alpha Brain, and uh, this thing looked like a flashlight. He's into that too, I think. Right? I, I'll I'll send you his album. He's releasing an album here. No, soon. I'm from the. I know who you're referring to. <laughs> Nobody else does, but I know who you're referring to. No, this was good. I think I kind of feel bad because we did a lot of Dallas stuff, but I feel like it was Dallas stuff that was, you know, we didn't talk Sixers, uh, Sixers Heat, but Joel and Beads back. They tied it up. 
I'm happy. I'd like, dude, I don't, I would not mind seeing Harden in the finals again. I don't think it's going to happen. You're going to get the bucks. <laughs> look, anything that get, look, that's fine. I just get the heat out of there. Get them all the way out. I'm so over that team. I'm looking forward to seeing the bucks and the warriors or, or, or on the spot Mavericks. Suns, who's favored in, in game five here? 100% Phoenix. Probably Phoenix. Three. Phoenix, I probably land three and a half. Phoenix, Dallas. Uh, let's see. A little live action. As I am, you know, the noted best uh, game picker um, here in the Wash Media universe. Uh, let's see. It was two and a half for last game. I don't know what it's going to be for the next game because I'm terrible at finding this on the fly. Mavs in seven. You think the Mavs dropped this one? Yeah, I think the officials got such a... There was a lot of fouls. There was a lot of flops on both sides. There was stuff not called. I think they're, and they're, gonna get, they're getting shit for putting CP3 in foul trouble in the first half and whatever. I'm sure it has nothing to do with him just disappearing in the playoffs like he has before. Um, but. Oh, shit. Six and a half, five and a half, depending on where you're looking. They blew him out. Of, the last game they played in Phoenix, it was a blowout. So I, I get it. And they're going to come out, you know, some, some kid, some Highland Park kid put his hands on Chris Paul's mom. They're going to be playing extra motivated. That's a, that's a loaded term, by the way, or you know, putting his hands on when I think, when I say hey, I want to put my hands on Dylan when I see him, that that means throwing punches. That's how I look at it. Right. I wonder if it's like a literal sense, like the kid, and I'm I'm looking at this in the best light of the Mavs fan I know, but like puts his hand on her shoulder or something. Like I'm, I feel like I, I need to know. Did he like push her or did I don't know? Like I said earlier, we don't have enough detail. This is uh, she probably pointed a finger in his direction or in his face or something like that, like a swatting away type situation. Okay. You know, if there was some altercation, like he's talking crap over her shoulder, like maybe she motioned in his direction and he moved her out of his way. I can see that happening, but we'll see. We'll see. Altercation, sure no really, poking. Really, really eager to release the footage uh, if, if it was so bad. Yeah. Well, you know how we handle scandals in Mavericks land. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we went above and beyond for the people. You're performing at an exceptionally high level. I tip my cap to you. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Ooh, wrong music. We'll let it ride. There's some more dead people out there I can talk about. Damn.